I asked my neighbor, who happens to be a masseuse, if she would give me a little, like, shoulder massage when I get home. My favorite topic to talk about is my marriage. My husband has appeared in all of my books, and this one is all about him. I knew it would be hard because the book is griefy, but I definitely went through a lot of Kleenex. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet podcaster, family therapist, and parenting expert Amber Trueblood, best-selling author Helen Ellis, and Emmy-winning writer and television host Teresa Strasser. Press play to hear how these authors prepared to read their audiobooks and what, or who, they'd love to have with them in the recording booth. Enjoy! Hi, this is Amber Trueblood, author of The Unflustered Mom. I was inspired to write The Unflustered Mom because I'm a mom and I have four small boys and I went through years and years and years of lots of fluster, lots of overwhelm, lots of anxiety, lots of sleepless nights, weeks, months, and years probably as well. And I wanted to write a book that was inspiring and helpful, but in a way that people could actually use and implement in a realistic way. So it's very, very full of practical strategies and realistic tools that moms everywhere can use to feel better, to feel more relaxed, more calm, more confident, and more connected with people they care about. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, I would say exciting. Every day I was looking forward to coming into the studio and felt really excited that I got this opportunity to actually speak my book. The part of the book that I'm most excited for listeners to hear is probably the end, because while all the tools and strategies are really important to me and I think very useful, I mostly want these women to give themselves permission and feel inspired to actually do the things, to allow themselves to feel better, to feel worthy, to change their lives in a way that help them. And I think that the end of the book, the last chapter in particular, I hope gives them that inspiration and that permission. I prepared to record this book first by apparently getting COVID and having to cancel all the recordings and lay in bed for a few days drinking lots of tea with lemon. So that was super frustrating. But when I knew that we had rescheduled the recordings, I prepared for this book by not speaking for half a day beforehand, which was quite lovely. And my whole family, all my four kids and my husband, felt like they were living with a mime in the family because I still had to communicate with everybody, but I was writing notes and had a little post-it pad and using, like, pretend sign language with everybody. So I mostly tried to stay quiet, which actually helped me psychologically as well, I think, because it made me more calm. I talk a lot. So quieting my voice 
helped me quiet my mind in preparation as well. When I record my next book, I think I'm going to have a pitcher of margaritas. No, I'm just kidding. I think that I will have better pillows. <laughs> it makes me feel old to say this, but better support and my chair would be more comfortable because as it is, I asked my neighbor who happens to be a masseuse. I asked her tonight if she would give me a little like shoulder massage when I get home. And she said, yes. So I would bring a couple more pillows and make myself more comfortable so that I don't have as much aches and pains next time I read. If I couldn't read my own audiobook, I think I'd have one of my boys read it, particularly my 14-year-old Dylan. He's very dramatic and expressive with his words. It would have sounded like a really different book, but it would have been very entertaining. The last audiobook I listened to that I really loved, well, it's really hard for me to pick just one, so I'm going to share two because I can't help it. One of them is Believe It by Jamie Kern Lima. It's just a beautiful, beautiful book. It's super inspiring and uplifting, and she tells a fascinating story of the birth of her business, essentially. The second book is Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. She has a beautiful accent. Her voice is just so pleasant and relaxing to listen to. It, too, is extremely inspiring. That book I actually finished listening to and then just immediately started it again. And I rarely do that. I'm a big reader, and I read and listen to books constantly. Both of those books I've listened to multiple times. I probably listen to audiobooks in two major places. One is in my car during long drives. And the second is with my earpods on, phone in my pocket as I'm doing errands around the house. I don't know that many people call errands being around their house, but I feel like I'm always walking around a lot. So it feels like errands while I'm doing dishes or making dinner or just getting ready for the day. I will often just put in my earpods and listen to whatever current audiobook I'm listening to at the time. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. I remember lying awake one night, imagining a house fire. I mentally orchestrated how I would get my four little ones out of the house safely. My husband was working nights at the time. I decided I'd put one on each hip, lay two on a blanket, then drag the blanket down the hall and out the front door. As a mother of four sons, I am only one of many moms who juggle the many worries and multiple responsibilities of mom life. Hi, this is Helen Ellis, author of Kiss Me in the Coral Lounge, Intimate Confessions from a Happy Marriage. I wrote this book because of Viagra. <laughs> To be honest with you, you know, I've written two collections of essays, and they always start with me wanting to tell everybody about something great. 
That was something great that came into our lives during the pandemic. And I thought, why is nobody talking about this? I thought, I got to tell everybody about this. And that was the very first piece I wrote for the book. I originally had it at the beginning of the book. And my editor said, let's put that near the end so people can get to know your husband before they get to know your husband's penis. I prepared to read my audiobook by packing a small bag with chapstick, aquaphor, tea bags, and a throat lozenge that Kristen Chenoweth was talking about because, you know, she's a big Broadway star and sings, and it's an apple green lozenge, and I think it's from a company called Fontas, and I ordered some, so I have a big bag of green apple Kristen Chenoweth-approved lozenges. But other than that, I just showed up and read what I wrote. If I had to record this book again, I would bring one of two things. And when I say one of two things, I mean one of two people. So the book is dedicated to my friend Victoria Buckley Curran, or as I call her, Vicki Buckley. She appears in the Slumber Party Side Effects story. We've been friends since we were 12 years old. Ever since we were children, everything I write, be it a love letter, a diary entry, a book, an essay, I have read to her out loud. When I finished this book, I called her in Georgia and read each story each night to her as part of the process. So I would have loved to have seen her sitting in the recording studio. And the second thing I might have brought would have been my husband, just to, you know, see his reaction. (laughs) He comes off pretty well. He says, I make him look like a better man than he is, but that's not true. I am most excited for my listeners to experience what's in the box. That's one of my favorite stories because it came of a real experience where a friend of ours brought up a box from an abandoned basement, and we ended up talking about it for months and months because nobody could believe what was in the box. So it's kind of a game that readers get to play along with the story, and you will never guess what's in the box. I really thought that the most challenging part of the book for me to read would be permanent vacation plans because it's about family death planning. I was very worried about it. I thought it would be emotional, and it went relatively well. And I was very surprised that the essay that was hardest for me to read was The Bright Side, which was about Viagra, because I could not stop laughing. I think it took half an hour to read it because I was laughing so hard. Right now, my favorite topic to talk about is my marriage. My husband has appeared in all of my books, and this one is all about him, which he really just doesn't believe. He says, I just float in and out of the stories. And I say, no, 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 it really is very much about you. And I have such a happy marriage. That's a little bit unusual because we've been married over 20 years and we chose not to have children. And I think that's a nice thing for some people who are younger than me to hear that life can be just very enjoyable and very surprising and kind of stress-free without the kids. The book is about love and marriage, and advice I'd give to a newly married couple is be patient with each other and give each other space. You know, some people say, what's the secret to a happy marriage? I always say separate bathrooms. (laughs) And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. A bear walked into a jewelry store, and nobody was bothered but me. Well, it was Vegas. 
The bear was on a leash like a 600-pound dog. The woman walking him had trained him like a dog. The bear sat by a display case of diamond earrings. The bear was motionless, but it growled. It growled, and it growled. Everybody kept shopping, but I was frozen because there was a bear in a jewelry store. It growled, and it growled. And then I woke up. Hi, this is Teresa Strasser, author of Making It Home, Life Lessons from a Season of Little League. So my book covers one single season of Little League Baseball in Phoenix, Arizona, the 16 games I watched with my dad after my brother died of cancer at age 47. I realized that had become our grief group. We were united in the mutual foxhole that is watching youth baseball. We encountered all these losses and failures, this euphoria, this jubilance, this devastation. None of it was about my dead brother, ostensibly. All of it was about baseball. But baseball turned out to be this perfect framework for thinking about loss because baked within the sport is the possibility for redemption, right? There's a new season every spring. There's a new at-bat. There's a new inning. And in terms of the relationship with my dad, which had been very rocky before my brother's death, this became a story about redemption. And it all happened in some Costco chairs behind the first baseline. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be, oh, that's easy, Kleenex. Robert Frost has this great quote, and I apologize if I butcher it, but it's like, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. And I don't know if Robert Frost could have foretold the existence of audiobooks, but maybe he would have said, no tears in the narrator, no tears in the listener. At least I hope so. I knew it would be hard because the book is griefy. Um, um, I definitely went through a lot of Kleenex, and my director, Scott Sherritt, told me, when you do cry, you have to blow your nose right afterward or you'll sound nasally. But I think I went through, on average, one box of Kleenex per day. At a baseball game, during the season that I cover in Making It Home, my dad made this offhand remark to me. My dad is an old Jewish guy, used to be a mechanic, lives in a trailer park, not big on sharing feelings. He said, sometimes, on my way home, I scream. He rides his bike. He doesn't own a car. He's an old hippie. And I thought about this. My dad riding his bike home in the dark, screaming about his dead son. And I knew it had to be a scene in the book, but I was very stuck. So I borrowed my dad's bike and cycled along the pathway that he would have taken from the Little League field to his trailer park. And it almost felt like cheating. The scene just 
kind of wrote itself. It's a difficult place to be, to be in the head of a father grieving his child and having no other choice but to scream it out into the darkness of a bike path somewhere in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I was hoping that I could get it right when I recorded that section, and I hope it works. Every morning I went for a walk to my favorite coffee shop, got a coffee, got a muffin. It became a ritual, and I did it the first day. The first day of recording went well. I'm very superstitious, so I wore the same exact outfit all four days we recorded. I think all baseball people will appreciate that we're a superstitious lot, so I had to take the same route, wear the same clothes. Did change my underpants. When I was writing this book, which took about 18 months, I had a baseball on my desk, just a standard Little League baseball that had been used in one of the games that I describe in Making It Home. When I'd get stuck, I would just grab the ball, throw it between my hands, had the ball the whole time on my desk, and being superstitious... I wish I had brought it with me into the studio. I'm obsessed with the narration of a guy that you might not know you're hearing narrate things. He's an actor. You probably know him as Ray Donovan. His name's Liev Schreiber. He narrates a show called Hard Knocks. Every single thing that he does is perfect. God, I could listen to, I just, I know this is weird and creepy, but I am obsessed with his voiceover. If I had to go with a female, Tina Fey, she did a Disney movie. I think it was about gorillas. And when you're done watching her narrate this entire movie, you just feel like you had a beer with Tina Fey and she told you all about a family of gorillas. I want to tell you about the first audiobook I listened to, which I rented from a store in Los Angeles that rented out audiobooks when audiobooks were on cassette tapes. It was Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. I will never forget it. I was driving to Vegas to see my mom. That's why I rented it. And I remember stopping to get gas, and I just simply could not turn off the car because I had to know what was going to happen next. I love the way Krakauer reads his books. Like my dad says, you can't be down or depressed or anxious when you're walking, so I walk a lot because my natural tendency is to be anxious, down, and depressed. (laughs) So I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, and I'm always walking. And now... Listen to a clip from my audiobook, Making It Home. If I drive down Indian School Road, between Camelback Mountain and the less majestic but equally formidable Ingleside Middle School, my head still turns toward the baseball fields, like I'm on a bus tour of Jerusalem passing by the Temple Mount. I can't help feeling like I'm hugging a curve of Phoenix Road around some kind of holy place. Circle K proudly supports State of Arizona Little League announces a white vinyl sign 
fastened to a chain link fence. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.